Is your cup empty? Maybe your cup has a crack in it. Maybe you're just so exhausted in all areas of your life and you can't even find a cup, let alone a clean one. Look, today I'm diving deep into your cup. Is it full or empty? Are you topping it off regularly? Are you filling it up? What are you pouring out? Where are you pouring from? Who and where is your refill station? Y'all, I've got you covered, so let's get right into it. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all. I'm actually so excited to talk about this today. You could try to tag this onto messages about self-care, about rest, about the hustle and hurry of culture today. And yes, I'm sure I'll talk briefly about those things in the next 20 minutes. But what I really want to focus on and help you understand is not just the importance, but the cruciality of filling up. Like it's not just important. It is crucial to your daily life. It's essential. What's one of the most popular phrases floating around? You can't pour from an empty cup, right? Well, I would bet we all know that to be true. I'm sure we say it to one another all the time. We especially say it to others. Isn't that just how it works? We always know exactly what to say to other people. We have the best advice for them. We know what's best for them and what they need to do. But when it comes to ourselves, oh, okay, I know you're not going to leave me hanging out there by myself. But you know it to be true. You can't pour from an empty cup. Literally, you can't. Figuratively, you can't. So let's get it together. I've got three phases for you to think about when it comes to this idea, and let's just jump right into it. Phase one, pour it out. Pour it out. Anyone else thinking of Sweet Magnolias on Netflix? No? Well, if you haven't binge-watched both his seasons, it's a good one. And if you do, you'll find yourself saying pour it out with a different type of Southern charm. But the first thing I want to address today is actually pouring it out. Pouring Jesus out. Because check this out. That's the point. Seriously, the point of our lives as believers is to pour it out. To pour him out. To pour and pour and pour. The Bible speaks about pouring a lot. Jacob poured out a drink offering and poured out oil. Moses poured out an offering. Hannah poured out her soul. God himself poured out his Holy Spirit. You might even be able to quote the prophet Malachi if I get you started. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will, there you go, pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. See, you get it pour out. God says he will pour out. And with him as our example, I gotta believe we should do the same. Jesus spoke to his disciples what we refer to now as the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go, make disciples, and how do we do that? We pour out. Our testimony, our experiences, our revelations, our moments with God, we share. Maybe you've heard this saying, 
and it's so real and true, you may be the only Bible someone ever experiences. Think about that. There are so many people in the world who have not even heard of Jesus, have not even heard of him. But when they meet you, they have an opportunity to experience him. As believers, I truly believe we have a responsibility to pour out. And let me just say this, pour out does not mean blubber on and on and on and on. Don't drown someone with your words or stories. Oh, I just love how the Holy Spirit gives little images. I kept thinking of how we can overwater a plant. We can actually drown and kill it. Y'all, I think I may have mentioned this in previous episodes, but I am not a plant girl. If you've seen plants in the background of my pictures online, they're all fake. I love the look of plants, but just struggle to keep them alive. As a girl living in Arizona, I brought home a cactus centerpiece from a golf tournament, and it did not live. A cactus in Arizona. What happened? I overwatered it. I poured and poured and poured onto the same plant day after day after day when all it needed was a little pour every now and then. Oopsies. But also, such a good lesson spiritually. Not everyone we meet has the ground to be able to filter the pour. Not everyone has the pot with the hole in the bottom to let the excess flow out so they drown. What was poured out with the best of intentions, what was poured out with the power to give life and growth, when overpoured on one plant, drowned it right where it was. Can I just say I love a good image and analogy that was never in my notes, but I promise you this image right here, I will hold on to. Still pour, just be aware of the plant and container and its capacity. Okay, I'm moving on. But in order to fill up, you have to first pour it out. Phase two, find the fountain. I know it may seem silly and so obvious, but in order to fill up, you have to know where the fountain is. You have to know what you're looking for in order to fill you up and where to get it. The bottom line is this, whatever you're pouring out, that's the thing you need to be refilled with. If your car is using up gas and your gas tank is getting low, you need to get to the gas station in order to fill up with gas. (laughs) I know, I know, you get it, but do you really? If you're pouring out physically, as in working out a lot, running, walking, hiking, the couch and Netflix is not the fountain to refill you. If you've been pouring out money left and right and you've still got bills to pay, you're not headed to the fountain of positive thoughts. No, you're headed to the bank, to the job, to the side hustle, to whatever it is that's going to replenish and refill that account with money. And if you're pouring out God's love, God's truth, God's courage and power and testimonies and encouragement and motivation and lifting others up and praying for others, a day at the spa is not the fountain to refill you. Do you see what I'm saying? It seems so simple when we speak about cars because obviously they run on gas, they pour out gas, we refill them with gas. So simple. So the question is, what's the fountain you need? What's the fountain that will fill you up so that you can run effectively and efficiently? But I guess we might also need to like reverse engineer this question then in order to get to the proper fountain. What are you pouring out? Because if you show up to serve at church and think you're about to pour out Christ's encouragement, but all that keeps coming up and out of your mouth is drama, complaining, comparison, exhaustion, hustle, and even boasting about what you've got going on. Um, I'm no psychiatrist, but it may be that you've been spending a lot of time at the fountain of social media. You've filled up with the images and quotes from everyone else in the world. You've filled up with envy and hustle culture, so that's what's pouring out. I want to be so clear on this because I have to examine myself daily in this area. Which fountain am I heading to? Which fountain am I looking for? Am I looking for the fountain of living water? Am I in need of the fountain of living water? And if I'm not in need of that fountain, is that because I haven't poured out anything from that bucket in my life? 
Ooh, y'all. So before I go to phase three, let's revisit phase one. Pour it out. Now, phase three, sit and be filled. Y'all, don't skip this part. And sometimes I get it. We are busy. We are in a hurry. We think we just need a quick top off and then we can keep on running. But that's actually not the most effective way. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says this, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Other translations say very early in the morning. But get this, Jesus went to an isolated place to pray. He knew where the fountain was. He knew which fountain he needed. And he went out very early in the morning by himself to that fountain to be filled. Further on in Mark's account, Jesus feeds the 5,000, a pretty familiar miracle, which you can read in Mark chapter 6. But then the Bible describes this. Chapter 6 verses 30 to 32 say, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Ah, I love reading the Bible because check this out. Jesus said, let's go to a quiet place and rest a while. Then Mark continues the narrative saying, Jesus said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. But don't miss this. They left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. If it was just about food, they could have eaten anywhere. I really think the only reason Mark even mentions that they didn't even have time to eat was just to emphasize how busy they were, how they were ministering nonstop. And the solution was not actually a meal, because the issue was not that they were physically all poured out. I'm sure they were hungry too, but that was a side symptom. The apostles, the disciples, they had just poured out and poured out and poured out. They were preaching and teaching and participating in miracles through Jesus. Their refill, their fountain, was quiet time with Jesus. And they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. It was time to sit and fill up. Reading through the Bible, you can begin to see that the more Jesus poured out, the more he spent time alone with himself, with the Father. This is the mind-blowing one because he is fully God and fully man. So time alone for him with himself, he is the fountain. Anyway, my mind goes into fun little things like that. <laughs> but did you catch what I said? The more Jesus poured out, the more he spent time alone. The more you pour out, the longer it takes to fill up. Have you been at the airport hoping for a quick sip of water from the fountain to quench your thirst before boarding the plane and you're just stuck behind someone with the 64-ounce jug just waiting and waiting? Yeah, the more you pour out, the longer it takes to fill up. Don't miss that point. I'll share with you really honestly that as I've been thinking about this and as I've been doing some studying, I've had to actually flip the question on myself. I've asked the Holy Spirit to help me examine myself around this. Am I pouring out? What fountain am I going to? And am I sitting to be filled? Now, we can clearly see areas of our daily lives that we go through these phases. There was a time I was an assistant store manager at Lululemon. Now, if you have never walked into a Lululemon Athletica store, it's an atmosphere. The music is loud, the people are everywhere, and there's just a lot going on in such a way that it's like this calming and helpful chaos. <laughs> I would pour out on those shifts, helping guests, helping employees, phone calls, dealing with budgets, all of it with the music on a level that for some reason could not be turned down. After a shift at work, I would go home, purposely go sit out on the balcony alone, and just sit in silence. 
That was my fountain. And I would sit there and fill back up in silence. Do you know that the term breakfast means breaking the fast? Did I just blow your mind? You have fasted all night. Now you break the fast. Your body's used energy to breathe, to function for however many hours, and now you just need to refill. You've been in a state of fasting. Now it's time to break the fast. You know the fountain to go to. For some of you, it's coffee. For some, it's oatmeal. I'm not here to judge, but you get the point. Now, I have another question to share with you that I've been asking myself this past week. Am I pouring it all out? Or am I just pouring some here and there with a quick top off in between? Or do I have a trickle or like a slow leak coming out? This point right here is probably what has hit me the most. Because I think in my life, it's been the most real. And now I've opened up to ask the Holy Spirit to help me with it. Is there anything wrong with a top up? Not really. Or is there? Y'all, I don't drink coffee. I actually don't even like the smell of it. But tea, I get down with tea. All flavors, all types, hot, ice, sweetened, not sweetened. I love tea. Oh, except for iced tea in Canadian restaurants, which is the powdered stuff that I forget every time. No, thank you. Anyway, I brew tea at home every single day. In front of me right now is a giant cup of iced tea with a little squirt of some fake sweetener. Yep, that's how I like it. Say what you want. Well, yesterday my tea had about like a third left of it. So I headed back to the kitchen for a little break and a refill. But as I went to top up my iced tea, I had to chug what was left in the cup first. Why? Because if I simply keep topping it off every time, now my ratio is off. You know what I'm saying. If you're a coffee drinker and you're like specific with your ratios of cream, sugar, syrups, ice, and whatever else you put in your cup of joe. Y'all, I actually just spent 10 minutes Googling why coffee is called a cup of joe. And would you believe there are three theories? I'll let you go ahead and Google it yourself because I've got other things to talk about. But anyway, my point is... If you keep topping it off, your ratio's off. So in order to have the right flavor, the most effective dose per se, you need to fully pour out, then fully fill up. Oh, it's actually such a good point. It really, really is. A swimming pool. Throughout the summer, okay, this conversation is clearly evidence I've been in Canada for a while and not in Arizona and California, but throughout the summer, you top up the swimming pool, right? Water evaporates over time, so you just top it up. But when the season is over, you drain the entire pool, Or when it's time for some servicing or something isn't running properly, you drain the entire pool, right? Why? Because there are certain things you can address only by pouring it all out and refilling afresh. Look, you can take it or leave it with some of these points I'm sharing. I'm just filling you in on how I've been learning from the Holy Spirit lately. I definitely can't pour from an empty cup. I get that analogy. But when it comes to God, when it comes to my relationship with Him, when it comes to sharing Him and His love and mercy and grace— and kindness, and patience, and goodness, and self-control, and I could go on and on. When it comes to pouring out Him, do I ever pour it all out? Now, I know He's always with me. I know God is near. I know He will never leave me nor forsake me, and I definitely know He's not like the Costco gas line and making me wait and wait and wait and wait in order to be filled up. But that also makes my point more clear, at least for me. What am I holding on to it for? What am I afraid to pour out all the way? What am I keeping in the tank, in the reserve when it comes to God, and why? Do I think he won't refill it? Do I think he'll be late? Or do I know myself and know if I pour too much of him out, I won't sit with him for as long as it takes to be fully refilled? Is that it? Is it a discipline problem on your part? Is it a consistency problem on your part? Is it a habit and lifestyle problem on your part? Another question. Do you know what it feels like to be filled? Have you put in the effort in your relationship with God to fully fill up? 
Have you gone to the life-giving fountain and sat until you were full? Regularly? I wonder if you've heard this before. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and then they're gone. How do you spend them? You never get them back. Well, let me challenge you when it comes to your relationship with God and how you share him with others throughout your day. The full refill is always available. So why are you not pouring it out? We don't use it or lose it with God, but he graciously gives us the opportunity to fully pour out and fully fill up. And if I haven't been super clear on this part, I'm not talking about only those who are preaching and teaching or those who are missionaries. I'm talking to you. I'm talking about your daily life. I'm talking about your smile that could shine Jesus's light through the darkest of days for your coworker. I'm talking about that encouraging word that you know you can share in the classroom without anyone even knowing it's a scripture, but God is all up in that thing. I'm talking about the heart to serve others, helping a woman carry her groceries, encouraging a stranger, giving hope, showing kindness, praying, pour it out, pour him out. I had this example I wanted to share, but I couldn't figure out how to get it to fit in here. But here it is. Do you know the phrase that as believers we desire more than anything to hear? It's this, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And now I can share my personal analogy. Look, I didn't win every basketball game I played in. My college team, we won a lot, but we didn't win every game. I didn't make every shot I took. But you know that phrase anyone wanted to hear from commentators, from reporters, from coaches, from fans? She left it all on the court. He left it all on the field. Pour it out. I know I've shared a lot of examples in this episode, and I pray that one of them sticks with you. I pray that you pour out Jesus in your life and let others experience him through you. Let God amaze the world through you. I pray that you recognize him as the fountain, the life-giving fountain that will effectively fill you up. And I pray that you sit that you sit and be filled, that you take the time, that you make the time, that you prioritize the time with him to be filled. One final thought, and I swear you've got to agree with me here. There is such a good feeling. There's a different level of like confidence and swag with a fresh outlook when you're driving a clean car with a full tank of gas, right? It's just this feeling, a clean car, like fully detailed with a full tank of gas and you can take on anything. But to get to that point, you put in some effort. You pour it out. Find the fountain. Sit and be filled and then pour out again. God has plans for your life. Great plans. Those plans are always in motion. Keep pouring. Keep filling. Keep pouring. Keep filling. Pour it all out. Fill it all up. Pour it out and fill it up. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.